0: Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 372, covering Battle at the Binary Stars. Hi friends,
1: listen to the happiness in my voice.
0: Yeah, can you hear it? Can you hear the up? The, The up? Yeah. The discovery can, up, not the you enterprise that down.
1: Out at our live show, and that was part of that was the excitement of being in front of an audience. Which, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, to
0: all of you who came out to the show, thank you. That oh, was that was amazing. That was so great. Just yeah. like, you know, let's take a second. Just like the the that just seeing those people in that crowd, just who who came so far just to see us talk about Star Trek, is so cool.
1: It was. It was. It was very cool. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but no, yeah, it was. It was humbling and just, ah, uh, I like for the first couple of days, I was literally tearing up thinking about mm-hmm. people who came from very far away specifically to see us. I can't, I can't even process that. Yeah. But no, what? but the point I was trying to make is I had that energy because it was exciting because new thing and live show and all that, but I'm still excited because we're still not doing that other show. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wonderful. Yeah. This, um, as, as we got back in the habit of watching them a second time
0: which mm. we got for some reason we stopped doing that for a while it uh, <laughs> Who I don't say? think I, I don't think I can make clear enough how much enterprise wore on us I mean we we occasionally would skip a voyager but we usually sat through yeah bit. but by enterprise
1: we were like no we watch these we took our notes we wrote our summaries we're done mm. and it's nice to watch them again to get our our energy up over that course of that hour and to Point out observations that are maybe hard that didn't come through in our text notes like, hey, Matt, did you see this thing or mm-hmm. whatever or to, to test out jokes for you guys? Whatever. Yep. But I, just just sitting here and, and watching it again, it was like, oh, yeah, this is one of the like and I remembered this is of the 15, one of the best ones. Like, yeah, this individual episode is is one of my favorites, probably top three. Mm-hmm. So Pretty great. They they got rid of all the like clunky exposition I complained about in the last one and it was mostly action. No, it's way more show stuff. don't
0: tell in this one.
1: Yes. And the character stuff we got was in the form of flashbacks, so it wasn't awkward speeches. It was mm. showing us what happened instead of telling us. So much better. Yep. Let me let me tell you, we're we're still trying to sort out how this works because we're only doing one per show now. Yeah. Um so far we're gonna just take turns doing summaries. I don't know if it's gonna stay like that when guests start coming on because that means like a ten week stretch where we don't have to do anything, and on the one that hand seems that's weird. nice. On the other hand, it's our show and we should probably do something. Yeah,
0: so we'll I feel like out. I would get out of practice, which is which feels weird to me. Yeah, we're already scaling back
1: so much. Mm. We're already only doing one, and and episodes are shorter now. Yeah, like I noticed the runtime of this was forty minutes, which is about six or seven minutes shorter than an Enterprise episode. Mm-hmm. So like, eh. and and yet my summary's twice as long because just so much happens. Yeah. And so let me let me tell you what happens in Battle Battle of the Binary binary Stars. Stars. Our story picks up exactly where it left off, because that's how TV works now. And after 51 years of running in place, actions finally have consequences in Star Trek. And holy crap, are we making up for lost time? Because Michael Burnham's catastrophic actions have generated a true catastrophuck of consequences in the form of the entire hideous pile of a Klingon fleet bearing down on her and the crew of the Shenzhou. But before Captain Georgiou can bust out her catastrophic preparedness plan, and you know she has one of those, she orders Michael thrown into the brig because that's what you do when one of your subordinates assaults you so that they can place the crew in danger by directly countermanding your very specific orders. Unfortunately, it looks like they're going to have to end up giving the Klingons the old Vulcan hello after all, but then nothing happens. Instead of obliterating the Shenzhou, the Klingons just talk to each other for a long, long time. Which, as we established in our last episode, is easily the least compelling thing about this entire show. But it does kill some time to allow the Federation fleet to swoop in like so much cavalry and commence the titular battle at the Binary Stars. Also, one of the ships is called the USS Shran, which is a rare instance of this show reminding me that Enterprise happened and not making me angry in the process. Meanwhile, Michael broods in her cell and provides us with some very necessary flashback story. It seems that the young Burnham Chronicles came aboard the Shenzhou seven years ago, sporting a Vulcan bowl cut, a Vulcan tunic, and the most I-am-definitely-one-of-these-people poser attitudes since Worf, son of that guy who read all the technical manuals. Stick with me, kid, says the Captain Giorgio of seven years ago. I'll help you find that lost humanity of yours and put you back in touch with your emotions. Philippa, I respect your motives, but this does not end well for you. I know this because it's happening right now. The fleet is not faring well, and your crew of basically children does not know how the hell to handle themselves in a battle. Except Saru, who surprises literally everyone by concocting a plan to strap a photon torpedo warhead to a Klingon corpse, which will then detonate when they track to beam up their dead after the battle. So I guess this guy has two settings. Cowering in fear and corpse bombs. In addition to being able to sense death, apparently the Kelpians also do not believe in middle ground. Jesus. <laughs> Back in the brig, Michael engages in some classic Kirk-style putting-it-to-the-computer and manages to escape. She returns to the bridge, where I suppose she assumes she'll be greeted with open arms? But some things never change in Star Trek, so she convinces Georgiou to let her beam over to the main Klingon ship with her and fuck some shit up. Because this criminal is definitely someone you want carrying a phaser in a hostile environment filled with dozens of people who look exactly like the ones who traumatized her as a kid. Great plan! Naturally, the Klingons pull out their dumb swords, and one of them stabs Georgiou to death because we can't have nice things. But Takuvma the Unforgettable is also dead, so I guess that's something. I really should be recapping what's going on with these Klingons, but I suppose I seriously don't care at all? Like, I can't even muster the energy to pretend that I care? Reeling from the loss of yet another parental figure at the hands of the Klingons, Michael is beamed back to the Shenzhou, where the remaining crew buggers off into escape pods and flees the site of this now-historic catastrophe-fuck. Now historic catastrophe now we are officially at war with the Klingons now, I guess. So look forward to a lot more of those guys. Spoiler, they never stop sucking. Then Michael is put on trial for mutiny and sent to prison, because for once, the ends actually don't justify the means. So look forward to 13 more episodes of our protagonist sitting quietly in a cell, I guess?
0: That's something to look forward to. i, I That's what they
1: imply at the end of this. Mm-hmm. just... Like, it's not like there's a sudden reprieve. It's not like, oh, but but in light of your heroic blah, blah, blah. Like, no, yeah. she's on her way to prison. The end.
0: Yeah, and let's just roll into my good thing because sure. that's what this is. Can we just talk for a second about how important it is that Michael actually gets punished? Like, she neck-pinched the captain and tried to take control of the ship. And what happens? She gets sent to the brig and drummed out of Starfleet. She gets life in prison. Can I just mm-hmm. say that how after eight years of Star Trek characters doing whatever the hell they want with absolutely no consequences whatsoever, how satisfying that is. Yeah, they, I thought about this there. I mean, as early as the very
1: early original series, you had Spock in the menagerie going mm-hmm. after his old captain and, like, stealing it, like, all kinds of shit. I don't remember specifically what he did, so I don't want to misspeak. No, this did shit
0: happened. The Captain Oh, yeah.
1: I, I didn't remember if he did that or not.
0: He de- Well, he definitely stole the Enterprise.
1: Yeah, that I do know.
0: But like this shit happened all the time, and no one ever cared. The worst, no. the worst thing that ever happened was that time Paris got a month in the brig.
1: Oh no, they demoted him, so they yeah. called him ensign for a little while. But it didn't affect the story in any way.
0: Like d- it, not it never matters. And no. for once, we have like the weight of what is happening to her because of this one mistake she made is yeah. huge and life changing, and it should cool. be.
1: She also started a war with the Klingons, but that is also that- true she caused the loss of a ship and a captain
0: that mm-hmm. she was trying
1: to protect. Oh, she's such a mess.
0: Yeah. I I, I, I love, love I love Michael so much. Just yes, she's, she's such, such a, fas- a fascinating character to follow. Yeah. She's just so like so messed up. And again, like like we were talking about this before the episode. Like after she get after she gets out of out of prison uh, mm-hmm. uh and hooks back up with George George's like all right, fine. I will give you this chance to redeem yourself on this suicide mission to get us out of here. We're, like, oh, out the of the plan, brig, yeah, yeah. The plan was to capture Takuvma because he's supposed to be the figurehead of this Klingon movement that's happening. If you missed that, I completely understand it. Yeah, um, no, and actually that that's
1: the thing Saru brings up is like, you know what's really shameful to Klingons is being taken prisoner. You yeah. don't die. You, you get hauled back in chains to the enemy. That's the worst. Ooh, let's do that.
0: Yeah, and like, it's a good plan. And then, of course... He kills Georgiou, and she fucking, wh- what does she do? She fucking murders him. Yeah, the whole <laughs>
1: plan was to get a prisoner, dummy. Mm-hmm. And But, I mean, she's still, like, her
0: parents were murdered by Klingons. Yeah. All, she can't the, handle this. That's the thing. She's making all these stupid mistakes, and they're all for good reasons.
1: Yeah, I get why she's making the mistakes. It's not like I was making the hard decisions. Yeah, whatever. Mm. No, it's like. This is a serious trauma that she endured, and Mm -hmm. she's still carrying it around with her. And like I pointed out in my summary, we get a great flashback to super hardcore Vulcan wannabe Michael. Clearly raised by Sarek. Yeah, and then we jump ahead to seven years under George's wing, and she's, like, loosened up. Mm -hmm. But she still hasn't processed her emotional shit. She's still got all this. Yeah. Neither of these uh, surrogate parents have helped her deal with that. And she's still carrying it around with her, mm-hmm. and I love that. Yeah, it's there's there's such a difference between. I talked about this before, but I feel like it it it, it, it bears repeating. Like mm. we complained so much about how Archer was not heroic, yeah, and Michael's not heroic either, but in a flawed way that we're not meant to think is heroic. Mm. Yeah, that's the difference. The show isn't taking the position that she's doing the right thing at all.
0: No, she's absolutely, like, this is her fall, and then the rest of the series is about picking her up again. Yeah, slight
1: spoiler that she gets redeemed in certain ways. Mm -hmm. But it's rough, and it's not, it doesn't happen in an episode. It sure doesn't, like... Yeah, it's, and we see, like, we see her in civilian clothes, and her hair is longer, and Mm -hmm. she's, like, she looks miserable. Like, Uh this is, this is the character now. She's really out of Starfleet, this isn't just, like, a joke. Even even in DS9, the most serious example I can think of is, is Worf risked something to rescue Jadzia, as I yeah. recall. And uh, Cisco said, well, you're probably never going to get a command now. Yeah. That's the most serious consequences there have ever been.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, like, it, it's always nothing because we always have to keep the the, the, the status, status quo. quo. Yeah. And the show's
1: always got to be the same because that's TV. And yeah. And that's that we got to run in reruns in, in the wrong order. That, a lot of that came from fucking Rick Berman. Yep. And a lot of it came from that was how TV was back then. Mm -hmm. But when I read the 50-year mission and I saw the DS9 people
0: pushing back against them, I realized they didn't have to do it. It's just Rick wanted to play it safe. Yeah, which, you know, that's definitely been a Star Trek tradition I've observed for a while now. And the show does not play it safe. No, it does not. And they don't make every decision that I love for
1: sure. I still, still hate the Klingons a Mm -hmm. lot. (laughs) And there are some other
0: things I don't love. but Sure, Uh, we'll get to those. Broadly, this like like I said, this is one of the best episodes of the season. I think. Mm-hmm. The, I really think the show hit the ground running, and like yeah.
1: we already know who these people are. Like at and, least
0: at least the main three. At least yeah, Michael And for through for such a weird start to this, like to have yeah. a what's literally a prologue to, to the season. Well, I didn't know that going in. Mm-hmm. I found that su- out after the fact. Yeah, but it's such a weird thing, and it it pays off so well. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does.
1: This a lot of like without spoiling. We will do spoilers at the end, as, yeah. as promised. Uh, but a lot of the events here will have consequences later. Is all we will say for now. Mm. Like the the things that happened here don't just immediately have consequences in terms of Michael going to jail, but also long term psychological consequences uh-huh. in ways that we will discuss later. Yeah. So so that was great. Uh, my good thing. Yes. And I talked about this in my summary was there's uh, Michael spends the middle third of this episode in uh, in the brig. Mm-hmm. Like our protagonist is in jail for most of this episode. At least, Well, at least half like it was more than a third for sure. Um, and then a good chunk of the brig gets blown away in the
0: battle and the force field keeps the air in. Mm-hmm. But she's fucked. I love I love that shot by the way. Just the the what's left of the of the brig just sort of attached to a wall. Yep. And it's like, well, the computer
1: knows you're supposed to be confined. There's also very little floor for you to stand on. So you know, with given that, I will do my best. And she does some very classic Captain Kirk style putting it to the computer exactly yep. like I said in my summary. Just just okay. How much air is left? How long will I live? Isn't the priority to keep me alive more than keep me confined? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what if I did this? And just logic, point by point. Like, yep. using logic instead of just a word that Vulcans say, actually
0: using it as a concept mm-hmm. and as a, as a weapon, basically. So and again... Cool. And again, showing what the showing who this character is, like the yeah. the human raised by by Vulcans thing, is such an interesting concept if it's written well, and it really is with this character.
1: Oh yeah, because your classic traditional Vulcan character would probably be like, "Well, I'm going to die soon. Better meditate mm-hmm. before I die." Yep. And she's scared because she's still human. Yeah. Uh-huh. But she's got these Vulcan tools. So yeah. It's like did she she in a lot of ways that Spock wasn't is the best of all worlds. Yeah. They're like a mirror. <laughs> Oh Lord, oh boy! But no, I I really liked all of that, and I yeah.
0: liked all of the establishing of her relationship with Giorgio, and mm-hmm. just, oh, there was so much good stuff there. Such, and it's it you you don't see any of it, and it's actually it's a it's a thing I would love to see more of as with the, as the series goes forward. Well, that's what the novels have supposedly
1: been—is filling in like her. Time yeah, those
0: family. novels need, don't have enough to work with to be good yet. Yeah, probably. But um, like just what one woman does to 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 michael to change her from this vulcan cosplayer to uh-huh. this other character
1: yeah but again it's so interesting no, to me nobody addressed the the core tragedy which is what you know caused her to do all this do- like nobody really dealt with all that klingon stuff no so that's like for all the good she did there's still one major issue not addressed
0: yeah so I don't know. I like that too. How much do you think Vulcans believe in therapy? Because I bet not a whole lot.
1: I feel like there's. I mean, meditation and they're they're melding now. So I mean, I definitely feel like they do some things to help each other's
0: mental mm-hmm. condition. You've like, all, but you've also got someone being raised by Sarek, who yeah. not the world's greatest father. Just gonna throw that out there. No, that whole family. Like we've said this already. That whole family, like yeah. Spock
1: you know, was a serious rebel. Like, I, I know you think Discovery takes place in the movie timeline. It, it doesn't. But um, this is like your Q is in love with Picard thing. It doesn't yep. hurt anything to believe that, but, you know. It just makes more sense to me. Yeah, but canonically it's not true. But you go on believing it and saying it, that's fine. And I will. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to make the point I'm not correcting you. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that technically that's not true. Mm-hmm. No, that's fine. But... I also think those scenes of Spock we saw in uh, uh, the first Abrams movie
0: mm.
1: probably happened the same in the prime universe because nothing about what happened with the um, uh, the Kelvin would have changed his upbringing. Like sure. Kirk's Kirk's upbringing change. What I'm saying is all those scenes we saw with uh, Zachary Quinto, like uh, telling the Vulcan council to fuck off and all that. I feel like that's Spock. That's always yeah. been Spock in every timeline. And it still is. Yeah. Was my point. And so he's kind of like he's got it together, but he's still fucked up and it takes his friend Jim to help him really get Get his shit together. together. Yeah. Yeah. And Cybok, if we're treating that guy as real, which I guess we have to, Mm -hmm. is a whole other thing. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's not a very good parent. Not really. Yeah. His children just don't turn up and we were we, we had this little discussion on Twitter earlier this week, is you you thought Sarek adopted her just to stick it to Spock
0: yeah well because Sarek this depends on how old Spock is at this point but Sarek is pissed off at Spock for about 30 years of Trek time Mm -hmm. because he doesn't go off to because he joined Starfleet instead of uh, going to the science academy and they never entirely um, reconcile anyway because we see the very end of that relationship in next gen and they're still kind of estranged exactly but, um and also I don't know if you remember this or not we get to this later in the series um spoilers I guess um we find out that uh both Spock and uh Michael had a chance to get into the Vulcan science Academy oh, and right, Sarek, right, right, right Sarek uh uh voted for Spock to get in mm-hmm. and then Spock didn't go so
1: yeah no but, that's uh that that and that kid you know Mm-hmm. He's just, but I think what you pointing out that he adopted Michael, like despite him, just made me think of Lucille Bluth adopting Anyong just to spite yeah. Buster, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which of course makes Cybok the job of that family. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, as we all know, Michael vaguely translates to hello in Vulcan. So
1: which makes the Vulcan. Hello makes so much more sense. Now.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Burnham, the Vulcan. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. Yes, Michael, Michael, we get it, Michael.
1: <laughs> no, and and this time, like I said, with the flashbacks, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, there was a dumb sequence where, uh, okay, so not. A, I like this part in the flashback. Sarek uh, melds with her mm-hmm. to ease her crippling trauma. Like, she, she's paralyzed by trauma after her parents were killed, and he needs to get her the fuck out of there. Yeah. And he's like, okay, melding should do, like, you know. This is the only way I know to get inside her head and calm her down so we can rescue her.
0: Yeah. And apparently when you meld with someone, your echo stays with them forever. What? Well, what specifically uh, happened was like he says like a piece of his Katra gut like is but like. it sounds like that happens every time you meld with anyone. Yeah, and I, don't, I don't know. It's, that's a it's, big
1: con that I don't love.
0: It's weird and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And it it's really o- it's really only there so that she can just talk to him. And there's so many other ways they could have yeah. conveyed that
1: information through flashback. They could have had the brig crack open to the point where she could reach
0: the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, there's other ways they could do that. Like, I I, I don't want to lose them talking because it's so, it's super interesting stuff. But no, it like, is. There's a better way to do it than this. Yeah,
1: there absolutely is. It also, it felt very Brian Fuller to me because, like, he did a lot of the Mind Palace stuff in Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's a big one for going inside the mind, and... You know how much I love that in Star Trek. Oh, yeah, it's, it's your favorite. Yeah, it's, it's, your fa-
0: it's your favorite next to Klingon stuff.
1: Uh-huh. Well, I I was indifferent to Klingon stuff. Like, I was starting to get sick of them. Until they started rubbing it in your face. And then they got... Re- <clears throat> you make me sound like a racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant the, the traditional, like, the next-gen DS9 Voyager version of Klingons. It was like, okay, enough. Like, mm-hmm. I like these guys okay, but I've had about enough of this. And nah. then this show just made them stupid. Yeah. So I don't I don't care if I see another Klingon
0: again. I guess I am a racist. Maybe oh. don't uh maybe don't say that so someone can isolate that clip. Oh, no, it's too late. We say so many horrible things anyway. That's true. So, uh what else? Uh I want to talk about uh, uh, Saru for a second and how oh, fucking awesome he is in this. Yeah. We were talking about this while we were watching the episode. And <clears> the <throat> th- his plan to attach a bomb to a Klingon corpse and then beam it back to them mm-hmm. is badass as fuck. Yeah. Like, I love I love the idea of him, like, last time we had the I will avoid danger at any cost thing. Mm-hmm. And now we have the, the part of the personality where he's like, well, okay, there is no longer any way to avoid danger at any cost, so it's time to become the biggest badass ever.
1: We found a loophole in their sacred beliefs that we can exploit to murder them.
0: Yep. <laughs> wow. That's great. Yeah. This is, like, again, the character starts off not the best and become, like, he has such an arc over this, over the course yeah, of the series.
1: Does. This this is not even part of the arc we're talking about. The, the best part comes later. But, yeah. But, but this thi- is a nice bump in that that I don't think I remembered from before.
0: This is so great. I just, I really like this character. Yeah. I like his design. I like the whole the whole deal is just great. There's things about him, again, I don't love the threat ganglia. Yeah, it's weird that he has spider sense, basically, but,
1: like... Yeah. And he's got... Like, we haven't seen it yet. This is not really a sp- story spoiler. Uh-huh. Uh, at some point, a, a an actual thing pops out of his neck that says danger is coming, and that, yeah. I, I don't love that.
0: <laughs> hey, Saru, look out. Oh, shit. Wallop and web snappers. <laughs> He looks up, and the big, st- the big evil ring from uh, Infinity Wars just floating in the air. <laughs> oh dear! I also early on, and I got over this,
1: but he really reminded me of Crichton.
0: Oh God, yeah. In a I way, I didn't that.
1: like. Uh huh. Between that and him being scared of everything, I just was not a fan. But hmm, uh, whatever you but, say, Mom. Yeah, going back, uh, there's there's some great stuff here already. Yeah. Happy to be wrong about that. I. I've said this before. My first impressions of things are garbage. Yeah. No. I'm glad I'm watching this again. It's going to be weird watching these in basically real time when we get to, like, season two, because I, everything I think at first is going to be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. I just, I need time to process, and a lot of times I focus on the wrong stuff. I mean, not like shovels and fans like you, but uh, sure. other things.
0: How dare you say those are the wrong things to focus on? Uh, okay. Well, little details. All right, then. I, no no judgment. <laughs> You know, A if fan you think, is as important as any character on this show,
1: Al. Well, certainly as important as any character on the holodeck on Voyager. Uh huh. Which is where you noticed it. Like, Fucking okay, Neelix is over there dancing with some holographic bikini girls. No, uh-huh. I'm going to look at the fan instead. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, can you blame me? No, absolutely not in that case. I'm dancing. I'm dancing. Ugh. <laughs> I
1: think you Let's might look have at basically
0: anything else. Forgotten the Neelix voice. Uh huh. Good. <laughs> Horrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, what was your bad thing? Uh, losing Giorgio really sucks. Yep. Um, like I know how her, her death is incredibly important to Michael's character and to the series going forward in general, but she's such a good fucking character and I'm going to miss her so much.
1: Well, we talked about this a bit last time. Cause I, this, I think this is my good thing last week was just how good she is. And mm-hmm. like, I liked her pretty good the first time. I thought she had good presence. I thought, Like, she was well cast as a captain, but that Mm -hmm. was it. But there's specific things after a year. And again, I don't want to keep harping on this, but really, after a year of watching Jonathan goddamn Archer, like everything that Star Trek captains shouldn't be, Mm -hmm. coming back to one who is both compassionate and a badass who will defend her people to the end. Yeah. Like, that's wow. Like, oh,
0: yeah. Starfleet captains. No, this is this is what this is what they should be. She is an amazing Starfleet captain, and we and... liked we liked <laughs> Janeway.
1: Okay, oh yeah, but that's the last decent captain we saw. And Georgiou's better than her, even in two episodes. Absolutely, than, than Janeway was for seven years. Yeah, I mean, sorry, Voyager. Like, but it's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's so good, and I'm gonna miss her so much.
1: Yeah, and you know, yeah, you're right. We should get more flashbacks or something. That's mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons I wanted to read novels because, like, oh, we get more. Of that seven years, what happened
0: yeah. here? But uh, maybe maybe there'll be a good one. But so far, I haven't read one. We there needs to be more material to work from. Yeah, I like we were reading... talking about. We were okay. talking about this before the episode. the The book you read apparently, the author only had the first two novel or the first two scripts to work from.
1: Yeah, and apparently they weren't even the final versions. Like some stuff yeah. changed. He didn't like, have names for the bridge crew.
0: Yeah, like there's not a lot of meat on those gym mats. Like there's yeah. really not a lot you can you can work from there.
1: And he had to invent the the names, which then were retroactively populated into the show, which is a nice bit of synergy, I think. Sure. But it's also like, okay, but that means anything he comes up with, like, clearly they're not important if they're not even named characters, right? Yeah. So whatever he does with them doesn't matter. hmm So, yeah, you know. And also, I, I'm not I,
0: thrilled by the idea of him using Spock. I think that's the show. The, the show needs to show how Michael and Spock interact. I don't.
1: I... Uh... I would rather he didn't show up at all. Sarek is enough, and mm-hmm. I honestly—we've talked about this already. I think he's too much to begin with. Mm-hmm. And putting Spock in there is just basically saying we don't trust our own characters enough. We're going to attach ourselves to the most famous character in Star Trek as in a desperate attempt to get you to care. And it's like, yeah. no, your your characters are already so good. If some of your supporting guys are Sarek and Harry Mudd or whoever, that's fine. But you don't like you don't need Spock, guys. You're yeah. you're good enough
0: on your own. Yeah, you to like. You've got a great cast. Yeah, and more great cast is about to show up. And I like... assume,
1: oh, in, in, for us, yeah,
0: yes, I, for season two, I have no idea what. They yeah, mean. no, I, I couldn't tell you there, that. but yeah,
1: but yeah, it's. It, I hope
0: not. Like nah.
1: they've, well, I do not to spoil anything yet.
0: No, we we can come back to this if you want to in the spoiler yeah, section. Not really. To... Not really. I don't have much yeah. more to say about it. All uh, right. My bad
1: thing. Yes. So I, the last, you know, the epilogue, the last five minutes or so is Michael on trial for all the shit she did. Mm -hmm. And the way it's shot, I hate. (laughs) The Starfleet judges are in shadow like it's some kind of sinister, shady government X-Files bullshit. Like, what's the message here? Michael did something wrong. We all know she did something wrong. She knows she did something wrong Mm -hmm. and admits it. The court is bringing the light of justice to her. Why are they in shadow? Yeah. Like, they're not evil, and the visual message you were sending is our hero did the right thing and these bad admirals are sending her to jail. No. No. She did a bad thing that she knows was a bad thing. She regrets it and these guys are punishing her mm-hmm. as befits the law. As the yep. law says, you do a bad thing, you get punished for it. Mm-hmm. Like, why
0: did they shoot it like that? It's a, it's a very strange choice.
1: Yeah, I don't like
0: it at all. It, it also looks exactly like a scene I saw in Space Quest 6 when uh, Roger Wilco gets his uh, captaincy taken away from him.
1: Well, yeah, but that show, or that that game is, you know, a comedy. It's a Mm -hmm. joke. Like, they were probably making fun of something. Yep. Probably goofing on a thing.
0: You know, Um, the goofs. I played,
1: I I don't, I, because this is a thing I do when I'm supposed to be writing now, is, Uh, like, waste time playing old adventure games. I was playing Space Quest 1. Oh, boy. And, no, I, that's, I I have fond memories of it. Like, I, I understand to you it feels like an old game. To me, it just feels like.
0: No, I love, I love Space Quest, but Space Quest 1 is brutal. I disagree. But again, one of the
1: first games I ever played and I loved it. Sure. You know, you have that soft spot for like Super Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. This is my, you know, this is mine. No, that's um, fair. But there's a there's a joke that I just got, which is you go to uh, a place in the desert called Ulan's Flats and it flat, <laughs> flatulence. Yeah. Okay, I get it now. As a kid, I did not get that. It's a pretty good joke. I guess. <laughs> that's what passed for jokes
0: in 1986 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot uh, those two guys from Andromeda. Yeah. Uh what else? Uh what else indeed.
1: The Klingons really do spend a lot of time talking. Like I I joked about this, but seriously, you got the you got the Shenzhou right there with no backup. Yeah. And you give them time to let everyone else show up because you won't shut up. Like Yeah. And one of them at one point even says, "All the Federation likes to do is talk. They don't like to fight."
0: Well, what are you doing right now? Yeah, dummy? and then they yak for another 10 minutes.
1: Putting aside, okay, I don't like listening to these guys talk, it just, it doesn't make sense from a, it feels lazy from a storytelling perspective because you left us on that cliffhanger of our guys are outnumbered. And the way they got out of it is the bad guys won't shut up and then the backup showed up. That's kind of, that's kind of disingenuous. And also these guys are supposed to be a warrior race that don't like to talk and they won't shut up. It just doesn't,
0: doesn't work for me, you know? Yeah the whole klingon thing there's so much talking and it it really sucks cuz like i've said this before like i don't hate the klingon stuff as much as you do i that might be impossible mm-hmm. but um the the bones of a good story for them being the villains is is there like having this offshoot trying to r- reunite all of the klingons and make them into a threat again well, but, making them be all about purity and their empire and not being
1: watered down, like we had, we had glimpses of that in Star Trek Six mm. when they were starting to make peace with the Federation, and some of the hardcore elements of of Gorkin's people were saying, "We absolutely
0: do not want to merge with you guys because you will destroy our culture." Right? I love, like, I love that. I love seeing the Federation, which is like, you know, a uniting of all of these different species under one banner to like bring their uniqueness. Yeah. to other people. I love them seeing that as a threat of, because from the outside, it just looks like humans making more humans. Yeah. I like mean, it's an interesting di- direction to, to have them as villains, but all they do is talk. I honestly,
1: seriously. And, and I invite listeners. If you, if you genuinely enjoyed the Klingon seven here, please write it and tell us, I promise we won't make fun of you. I just, I've yet to talk to anyone. <laughs> who thought that those scenes were entertaining. Mm -hmm. Like I, you think they're fine. You don't hate them as much as me, but that's the best I've seen. Yeah. I can't see it. I haven't found anyone yet. Who's like, yeah, I was really riveted during those parts. They were interesting. I was invested in these characters. No, nobody I've talked to feels like that.
0: Yeah. And I like, I come in liking Klingon stuff, you know, like decent Klingon story. I'm there for that crap. That's all that dumb space politics stuff that I love so much, but like it's, just so boring
1: well we i mean okay if you're doing a prequel to the original series which we've said before why why mm-hmm. there's there's better ideas than it's that. A, not that a necessary choice
0: it's a safe choice
1: i still you know i didn't get a chance to bring this up because we had a lot we had a lot to talk about yeah but it is a safe choice but on the other hand the show is very like there's a lot of stuff going on that if you don't know star trek you're gonna be lost like mm-hmm. it's not that safe it's not like you're starting us out with Captain Kirk and Spock. It's like yeah. there's still a bunch of guys you don't know and a bunch of like a lot of the stuff the Vulcans do is just sort of taken as red. Sure. Like what the hell is a mind meld? You might know through pop culture osmosis. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Neck pinches like all that stuff. Maybe. But you know what I mean? Like it's not like you're starting fresh with something everyone knows. Yeah. You're still mired in a bunch of history. So what? Uh, anyway. Um, but no, if you're doing this and I think I think our opinions of Enterprise have been duly noted. But really, I assumed they were going to kind of bridge the gap with a couple of things that they wanted to do at Enterprise and couldn't, Mm. like Romulans? Yeah. Because, again, I don't want this, but it's happening. So Mm -hmm. what's interesting in this time period? And instead, it's just more Klingon stuff. Yeah. We've gotten so much of this. Yeah. Like 50% of all Star Trek is fighting Klingons, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Not that much, but... I bet they show up more than any other villain.
0: Well, it's like I always say: it's what like it's what I said when we were heading into uh, after In- Into Darkness. Like, mm-hmm. the Klingons are something that the that your average non Trek fan off the street has heard of.
1: Okay, but then they change them so much that they're different, so the people who know them don't know them anymore. Yep, like it's there's an odd no choice. There's no advantage there. Like the yeah. people who are into them are unhappy because they're different. Like Nate, the biggest Klingon fan I know, says mm-hmm. they're dumb. Yep. And the people coming in fresh are just as confused because, like, what What are these things? Yeah. So nobody wins. It's just, why couldn't they make them, I don't know, Romulans Any... or something new? Something new would be, just because like, they're so different as it is, you know? And I don't mind, like, for all the shit I bitched about in Enterprise. I mean, that season three was the worst thing. Uh-huh. And attacking Earth was dumb. But broadly speaking, there could have been a whole Zindi war we never heard about because... Space is big and history is mm-hmm. long, and sometimes things happen that we didn't hear about. Yeah, like you could wedge something in there, and it'd be like, "Yeah, this probably happened. Who knows?" Yeah. So it wouldn't it w- wouldn't really bother me so much, but they, instead it's got to be Klingons, but it's got to be these Klingons. Yeah, just, and
0: these are not the best Klingons.
1: They're they're not.
0: Who are the best Klingons, Matt? Uh, that would be Martok. Uh huh. Martok is the best Klingon. That is true. And then, uh, who? Mm-hmm. Probably the probably those three those three Klingons from the DS Nine episodes. Oh yeah, Kor, Kang, and Kullath. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, because two of them were the names of
1: uh, of of those aliens on uh, the. Simpsons, yeah, Kor, so. Kang,
0: and Kodos. Yes, that's it. Except Kodos a... is the executioner. Right, of course. uh What else? uh let's see. Talked about Giorgio, Talked about uh, Saru. Talk about Sarek being a bad father. Uh huh. Georgette kicks the shit out of another Klingon before she dies, and that's dope as hell.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Michelle Yeoh, well known for her martial arts, so nice to give her at least a little bit mm-hmm. of that. I was reading that the actor who played the Klingon was just running around going, I got to kick Michelle Yeoh's ass. I got to kick Michelle Yeoh's ass. I'm like,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Uh... Anything? Michael having a real tough day considering her DNA just got spooled this morning. Oh yeah, which is a thing
1: that really happened and not yep. a metaphor.
0: And then she got thrown into hard vacuum, so uh-huh. you know, not a great day for her.
1: No. I I mean it's about to get a lot worse. Mhm. She's going to prison and you know, we're not we're not up to the um to the lush New Zealand prisons of Voyager's era like we're to No, apparently not. Right like
0: she's yeah. doing hard fucking time. Yeah.
1: No, I mean in in Kirk's time we saw like the penal colonies that like mentally tortured you and stuff. Yeah. He had to go down there and rescue them from that so, you know, some rough shit ahead.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, None of this
1: New Zealand shit like Paris got. Yeah. No, that's that's uh that's another 100 years away at least. Yeah.
0: I think otherwise that's everything I got.
1: Yeah, we're still trying to sort out, like I said, because we've we've been doing two episodes at a time yeah. for so long. It's like, I feel like we still got 25 more minutes of show, but no, not really. I mean, we do,
0: but we, don't, like, we only tackled the one episode. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, so uh, why
0: don't we just roll into our new feature? Uh, Matt, what do you got for In the Past of the Future? All right. In the past of the future, you can trick a computer instead of being constantly baffled and frightened by them. Are you baffled and frightened by computers? All the time. Oh. Right. I just got it. I just got my new my new computer, and the uh-huh. amount of work I put in this week to making sure recording would go smoothly today—well, it seems to have worked.
1: Don't jinx it, man. I I don't have the power to make things happen with my voice. I'm not magic, Matt. Would that that were true? <laughs> would that it were so simple?
0: Your voice called a guy from Australia to come look at us.
1: Ah, uh, your voice too. Our uh-huh. voices collectively, like I that, didn't do that alone. like
0: that ain't nothing to sneeze at. I will say maybe one, maybe
1: some of you detected earlier in the episode that my Siri beeped something during my summary. Sounded like me saying the words "Hey" and then Siri. I don't want to set it off again. Uh Uh, And I just I glanced over the corner of my eye, and it's just it's it's got an open channel and it's logging all the things I'm saying during the summary. Oh Jesus Christ! There's like a paragraph of text there. (laughs) Great. So that's that's how good I am at computers. Uh Uh, My thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past of the future, Vulcan mind melding, already the most pointlessly pseudo magic thing in Star Trek, now has a bonus feature. Once you meld with
0: someone, you can remeld with them remotely for the rest of your life, apparently. I don't know. I still don't think that's as bad as stuffing your soul into ca- into uh, bones to make sure it gets to heaven safely. I think, okay, so you got melding, which is combining
1: your minds. Uh uh-huh. I think the idea of just Putting your mind in someone else's like that—that's not too far separated from that. Sure. Like I still, I still don't love any of that stuff, but it also gave us Star Trek Three, which I really like. So, mm-hmm. and the fact that he could choose anyone to put his mind in, and he put it in Bones, was the best thing. Remember? Yeah. Like, just like he's never going to win an argument ever again. Uh huh. I bit in your brain. I know what you're going to say next. Oh, you yep. son of a bitch. <sighs> You would do this,
0: you Vulcan hobgoblin.
1: Uh-huh. I think he even says that. Uh-huh. It's his revenge for all those arguments he lost. <laughs> uh, my quote is uh the very beginning, we get the flashback of, of young Michael coming and, and, you know, with her bowl cut and so forth. Also love the visual of that. It is just so earnestly, I am one of these people. I am a robot. Beep boop yep like it's very much like you had mentioned that uh, episode where the kid thought he was Data and he like slicked his hair back yep and put on the closest thing to a uniform that a kid can wear yeah and just I am a robot
0: like that yeah. she was so she she's trying so
1: hard I know it's, it's, I love it she's yeah. such a mess she doesn't know what else to do yep Um, and Georgiou's trying to be friendly and, and she just uh, Michael just kind of shoots her down yeah this is my ward Michael Burnham Hello, Michael. Welcome to the USS Joe. and congratulations on your recent commencement. Respect is earned as is friendliness. Yet diplomatic niceties must be observed. This is hardly a negotiation. First contact, then. The only human to attend the Vulcan Learning Center and Science Academy rejoins her own kind. You can see my analogy, more or less. Less. Which I really like. All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, yep. do you have do you have any spoilery things you want to talk uh, about? Uh yeah, I, I want okay, to talk hang about on, this let me, let me. I got yeah. I got a new thing that goes here. All right.
0: Spoiler alert.
1: Okay, that's your warning.
0: Spoilers spoilers forward. So, I want to get back to my bad thing about losing Giorgio sucking. Oh yeah. Um so the character does come back later in the series. Yeah. Uh as the Grand High Emperor of the Mirror universe. Um it's not the same. No, it's not. It is a whole different character. I mean, I
1: love seeing Michelle Yeoh camp it the fuck up. That's oh, and be she's great.
0: so fun as a villain.
1: Yeah. There's too much mirror. We've said this before. We'll yeah. say it again. But the two episodes I like are at the beginning. Like, the first one where they're kind of goofy, and then the last one where she is just gnawing the scenery like we haven't seen since Avery Brooks. Yeah. It is delightful.
0: And, like, I, I like it, and I... Uh, t- she become she again is the face of Michael's bad decisions later in the mm-hmm. series when she busts her she basically kidnaps her out of her own universe into our yeah. or this the the Trek reality the universe because yeah. she can't watch her die again yeah no Michael's oh.
1: still like
0: near the end of the season still making those bad decisions well we still you know we can't just have her be completely fixed we have to need something for season two. Yeah, and they're talking about bringing her back as Section Thirty-One, which I don't love. Oh God, when I read that, I was so fucking angry when I read that. It's like well, it almost yeah, happened. You would do that, scene. wouldn't
1: you? It's it's in a deleted scene, so it's it came
0: very close to happening once already. Mm-hmm. I did do, Yeah, don't come on, don't. Section Thirty-One, it, uh, I believe, does not get mentioned in this series, but there are yet uh, there are people running around with the black Section Thirty-One badges because uh-huh. no one knows how secret agents work in Star Trek.
1: Yeah, you got to wear a big t-shirt that's a uh-huh. secret.
0: I it, it it's still better than Batman's dentist, but it's not great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but that style never goes away because it's it's stylish way back in the Enterprise days and it's, it's they're still wearing it during DS9. So, yeah. It doesn't go away for 200 years or however long. Yeah. So there's that.
0: Anyway, that, uh, I just wanted to briefly touch on. I know she's coming back. This is not <laughs> in, no, the wor- she's in the in the words coming of back. uh in the words of uh George Bluth. I don't want these <laughs> also as
1: as much as we went on and on about finally seeing a good captain this is all we get yeah because Lorca, i love this character but not like we go kind of back to archer only he's a mess this time
0: yeah at least Lorca is intentionally not good at his job
1: yeah and honestly we'll talk about this when we get there but i wish it had just been him and not yeah he's from
0: evil bad land where everyone's evil yeah but yeah, it's, we'll it, it really does a disservice to the character and, yeah, and we'll the get, actor. We'll get more into this as we go along, we, but we will. Yeah. Um, and I, of course, obviously Michael's not going to be in jail the whole time. Like, yeah, again, it, we haven't
1: even seen the discovery yet. We haven't even seen th- at least three of the people in the main credits yet. Yep. So we got a lot of cool stuff to look forward to and stuff that I don't entirely love. But again, Oh, one other spoilery thing. Mm-hmm. I, I only noticed because this is now my second pass through the series. Um, when they're on the Klingon ship fighting, uh, uh, Michael is fighting the dude that she's going to hook up with in a little while.
0: Oh yeah, like Lieutenant just, Ash Tyler.
1: They're trying to kill each other, and uh, these two are going to fuck soon. So. Yep. So that's that's fun and complicated. And uh huh. Also, I hadn't really know like I hadn't really thought back when we found out his whole deal, and I wonder if she realized when their whole deal happened. Is like I tried to kill you once. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sh- look. I'm sure it popped up. Yeah, I mean, this is not a person who forgets her, you know, mistakes.
0: No, <laughs> her, why, f- why forget your mistakes, mistakes when you can dwell on them indefinitely? That's what I do. That's what the Vulcans taught her, I guess. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess that's everything for this time. Yep. Um, welcome to the people who are now returning after after hearing us, you know, suffer. Yeah. Uh, uh an old friend of the show, Arissa, came up to me after the um after the first Discovery show, and said, you said that in the supplemental, and uh, you were absolutely right. Uh-huh. I don't like Enterprise. I don't really want to listen to you guys just suffering the whole time. He's like, I get that. You, We appreciate like, get, it. You don't need to, like, feel bad about that. I get it. But yeah. I would love to see our, our download numbers go up a little now that yeah. we're doing a show, a current show, that maybe more people are into. Mm. Of course, it's locked behind a paywall, but... Yeah. I, I think it would be better for this podcast if
0: that show were something everyone could watch. That would be nice, and, you know, everyone in the fucking world can do that, except for America.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, that's fun. But, yeah, yeah, whatever.
0: Anyway, so, uh, next
1: week, uh, I don't have the episode title in front of me. I know it's probably a bad one, because there's some rough ones.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Oh, uh, context is for kings. Yeah, that's that's not the worst one, but... uh, No, the worst one will be week four, so...
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think they all mean like horrible, filthy sex acts. Personally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh, go through the episode list and, and think about what each of those might mean. There's a, there's a fun little mental exercise for you. Uh, okay, so the website uh, postamcore.com. Yep, uh, you can write to us postamcore at gmail. We always enjoy hearing
0: from you guys. Uh, Tumblr, post-atomic
1: We are on Twitter, at Algar, at Robot Matt Yep, and... uh, if you like
0: the show, give us a review on iTunes Haven't said that in a while Oh yeah, that's a thing
1: uh, uh, And uh, we'll be back next week Yep, see you, folks
0: The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron, Algar Watt, and Matt Robotham Copyright 2018 Please don't sue us, we're just doing this for fun